This episode of Higher Ed Happy Hour is brought to you by Helix Education, the leader in data-driven enrollment growth. For more than 40 years, Helix Education's enrollment growth solutions, including outsourced program management, enrollment marketing, and retention services, have helped colleges and universities successfully find, enroll, retain, teach, and graduate post-traditional learners. To learn more about how data can drive your institution's enrollment growth, visit helixeducation.com slash happy hour. Hello and welcome to the Higher Ed Happy Hour. I'm Kevin Carey from New America. I am joined here today by my regular co-podcasters, Libby Nelson of Vox.com and Andrew Kelly of AEI. Hi, guys. Hey, Kevin. Hi, Kevin. Um, So um, I don't know if this is after long demand or no demand, um, but we've decided that this is going to be the special... Internal demand. Internal demand, the special all-college sports episode of the Higher Ed happy hour podcast. Things are a little quiet on the policy front um, right now and the things are going on. So we're going to take the whole episode to talk about college sports. Um, I tried to, to make the the drink a theme drink. Um, and so first it was going to be warm beer and plastic solo cups, um, <laughs> manu- which are manufactured near the University of Urbana-Champaign, I, I found out. Really? Yeah. Made in America. I really yeah. want to know how you found that yeah, out. Because I, I also- went to visit there and they, okay. it's, it's like the only industry in... When I'm, you know, when you visit college, I'm always like, "What else do people do here other than this?" And usually, the answer is hardly anything. Um, the, the only like industry left there is is the, the factory that makes plastic solar cups, which is synergy, I guess. Wow. Um, so, uh, uh, but then I was like, "Forget it," because I'm too old, and uh, as I was saying, I have too many bourgeois values to actually drink bad beer anymore. So we are drinking um, Bell's Oberon, but in cans, <laughs> cans of beer, tall boys, cans in of fact. tall boys. Yeah. So. Cheers. 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 Hmm. So college sports is a disaster as far as I'm concerned. I mean, it just, it's one of those things that just seems so large and so terrible that it, it, people don't, can't kind of come to grips um, with its terribleness by virtue of its largeness and kind of pervasive place in American culture. But I personally think a lot of things in higher education are kind of like that, but college sports in, in particular, I just find to be like baffling in the sense that it is, people have such a massive kind of broad cultural enthusiasm for it, and yet it's corrupting influence on everything that academia says is important to it is just kind of pervasive and uh, unavoidable and worsening, and you just more or less just have to open the newspaper on any random day to kind of find evidence of this. and. Um, uh, so I'm, I'm like both interested in talking about the various dimensions of that. Um, and, you know, I guess sort of addressing the counter arguments, which interestingly enough are like very much out there. Um, but I'm also sort of like, I like to think a little bit about, well, how long will it last? Like just forever? Is it just one of those bad things that will always last? Or, um, is there some kind of denouement or, uh, 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 you know, moment of reckoning that, that will happen at some point? Um, but I'm interested, so let me just sort of, so that's kind of my position, but, um, I don't know if, if either of you guys want to stake out sort of a strong opposite position, which is great. I don't have a strong opposite position, but I have, I guess my priors are that I am a college football fan, grew up a college football fan who is like increasingly aware of all the ways, especially as a higher ed reporter, you cannot ignore all of the things that are bad about that. Um, even more so than like, I don't know, I eat factory farm meat and I just try not to think about it, but it's a lot harder as a, as a reporter to just ignore it. Um, so I would say I am, I am in the position of like personally hoping that college sports continues, but from like any rational 
academic human perspective, I'm aware of all the ways that this like weird accident of history that led to colleges being sports places, which I can talk about because this is actually the second college sports podcast I've done this month. Oh. Um, I cheated on you guys. Yeah, with who? Yeah, Stop. I was on Sloppy the Meads, um, which is uh, Vox's, Vox's policy podcast. And they were like, oh, we should talk about some education things and it's March Madness. So, college But we sports. have been talking about this episode for we have. more than a year. A while. I feel like every time they come up, we're like, oh, we should talk about that some other time when we yeah. have time to prepare. And, and here we are. So... Yeah, those are those are those are my priors. Anti in general, but a having a lot of faith in path dependence is a, a barrier to change, and b like guilty pleasure of also enjoying the watching of college college sports whenever they are televised. So I'm part of the problem. The watching and the I'm rooting. Saying. You're a diehard Northwestern fan. I am a diehard Northwestern fan. Is it a it is a horrible thing to be like that mm-hmm. is right. that is really moral punishment Although not enough, bad as this far as I'm year. concerned. Pretty good this last year, right? Uh, Didn't they make the mistake of saying they only won nine games and you were like, 10? (laughs) (laughs) Right? If I remember that moment. We had one of those great seasons where like all of the losses just stand out so much more than all of the wins. And the Big Ten had a great season. So it's also like really hard to... to celebrate it in that, in that context. But anyway, that's, that's me. I have thoughts, but I'll let Andrew give his thoughts. And Andrew, you're you're like a Northeastern Ivy League guy, which is actually sort of the, the least college sportsy environment in America. Yeah. But also the reason why college sports exist. Yeah, that's right. That's right. It's, it's, twofold um and also the reason why why in many ways why ivy league schools get the crap beat out of them when they play anybody else um because the they've they have adhered to their policies of mostly um, yeah mostly uh uh, and and within the ivy league some have more than others so you also see some differences there um i generally to me the question is is it college sports that we're uh hung up on and that we find um, to be problematic, or is it um, the sort of sports industrial complex, right? Is, sure. it, is it like, and is it only the big sports? And is it only because the big sports have gotten to be so commercialized, right? Like, so I think there's like multiple layers here. And, 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 and to me, to me, the ideal of college sports, the ideal of college students getting together, organizing teams and playing one another is a, a huge part of college. It's a huge part of why people think of college as a socializing experience. Um, I do think that the uh, the commercialization and in particular the revenue generation on the uh, sort of on the backs of of mostly low income kids um, students is is a is a big kind of moral issue um, for me and and I think it's worth discussing for sure but but I do think that there's like there's a tendency on the part of some people to say oh sports really have no place on a college campus right but I I don't think that's true. Uh, myself. Yeah, I think that's totally right. And this is a point that I've made before. And now I'm mad that you made it because Uh. it's a smart point. But um, I think when people say college sports, they're thinking men's football, what men's football, all football and basketball and men's basketball um, at colleges where it is like, in theory, some kind of revenue generator. So not even all I would say of Division 1A, like most of Division 1A Mm -hmm. um, is probably and there is like a wide universe of college sports that exists beyond that. And I don't think the like idea that sports are played in college is wrong. But since the like mid-70s, the TV contracts, the money, the licensing, and I think the reason all of this has picked up so much over the past few years is that like all of these trends have accelerated um, kind of right at the same time as the concussion crisis in the NFL and some of these other things that like really don't have a lot to do with college or sports um, that have been the sort of perfect storm of concern. 
Yeah, so I think uh, I think that's a, those are all good distinctions, and I, and I should say like I, I enjoy sports. I played sports all through high school. I played sports. I played even a little bit in college. I was on the the club ultimate frisbee team for a few semesters, um, which was a lot of fun. No television contract, um, no, <laughs> no. but it was you know it was like a team, right? I mean, mm-hmm. it was a good way to spend your kind of weekends, and we sure. traveled. We traveled a little bit, and you know would go, and and it was great, and and I and I liked all that, and. Uh, um, I'm, I sort of am not a big college sports fan, but mostly just because I'm not a sports fan anymore. I just kind of like like aged out of sports fandom, like around the same time I had a kid. Right? I just didn't have time anymore to kind of to sort of to watch it. But you know, back in the day, it was you know Sports Center all the time uh, and all those things. And so, so I have no sort of like general bias against it. Um, I do, I do. However, I think it does go beyond. I think like football is now distinct by itself. Mm-hmm. I think because of the health issues, right? Mm-hmm. Like nobody is kind of. Uh, sacrificing their brain for basketball, right? Uh, maybe their knees, but um, whereas I think the the football now becomes the, like the moral dimension of the football thing becomes like very distinct. So I think you sort of have football by itself as an issue, then men's basketball by itself as an issue. But then I would say you know uh, 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 sort of big time sports, which includes sports other than football and basketball, and also includes women's sports, right? You know, and it was like it was striking to me. One of my like obsessions is the UNC cheating scandal. Um, oh yeah, I, I want to talk about the UNC. Uh, where you know, like the the like the one of the few people who actually like lost their jobs. It should have been many more, but was um, a woman who was a, you know a high level administrator, uh, irresistibly ironically the head of an ethics center, who was fired for you know engaging you know abetting knowingly this cheating process on behalf of women's basketball players. Mm-hmm. Not not it wasn't the men's program. So we tend to blame the men's programs, but you know like talk to anyone who's involved in big time women's sports. It's a big effing deal, right? Mm-hmm. You know, um, so there's that. And but then I actually also you know find even um, below the Division One level. Um, and even beyond the big sports level, like this, like sports kind of obsession to be like not uh, sort of by definition problematic, but the intensity of it and the resources and its sort of relative importance just strikes me as strange. And and so like there are like there are, there are there's a much broader group of say selective colleges that distort their admissions process in order to have better sports teams, mm-hmm. even in like you know non revenue sports that no one really cares that much about. Um, I think that's weird. I don't know why they do that, but they do it all the time. I mean, this is sort of the like, my like big higher ed thesis that at some point I should actually write about, which is that everything that makes American higher education distinctive is also where all of its like unique problems come from, right? Like it's the idea of college sports, the idea of a residential campus, the idea of Greek life, like all of these things that sort of create all these problems we talk about all the time are also the things that like are why people want to go to college beyond the economic imperatives. Mm-hmm. Um and that's, I mean, that's what makes it really hard for me to imagine a world where there's any kind of sports reform that ends with, like, divorcing sports from college. Um, and even with divorcing football and basketball from college. I could be wrong. I mean, I could be wrong, and I would be interested if there is, like, a plausible path that either of you see. But in so many places, I mean, you know, when, when um, Louisiana was having its budget crisis, what basically broke it for higher education was they were like, well, we might not be able to have a football team, which is, like, Total BS, I'm sure, based on how funding works. But, like, that's, you know, that's what people care about. And that's kind of, I don't know, very symbolic and strong, I think. And terrifying and sad. Yeah, yeah, (laughs) but, like, that's the level, you know, that we're talking at. So I guess that's a question. If you were to – so if you were to say, um, you know, uh, do away – let's say you were going to do away with men's football, right? Right. Sorry, football. (laughs) 
Um, as I Libby started this out. and now it's not spreading. I'm sorry. As Libby pointed out, <laughs> foot, football. Um, uh, would would that like sort of change the calculus? Like if we started to just sort of like ax mm-hmm. out, mm-hmm. Right, right? Would you feel less uh, sort of chagrined by it? Like is, is that? Sure. I mean, football is definitely like in a class by itself in terms of being terrible, right? And and I think um, I mean partly because partly because it's it's the most uh, cartel like part of it, right? Like you have to play for free for three years um, before you go to the NFL. In a, in a sport where careers are much shorter and in a sport where you're taking on much more physical risk to yourself by participating that we now know definitively, um, you know, whereas in the NBA, it's only one year and it used to be no years and it should be no years. And, and oh, I think it should be no years. Um, uh, but, you know, they've held, you know, they've held on to this three year thing for in football, like for a long time. And it's still it's still the case. There's a lot more people involved. It's a violent sport. And I think that that's not in I think that's not an inconsequential thing. You mm-hmm. know, I think. Um, uh, uh, yeah, I think that matters. Um, and the, you know, the money involved is just staggering, right? Yeah. You know, and so, and so, you know, it's, it's one of these things where, as Libby said, that like, coincidentally, the medical case against football and the value of football have both increased by a lot simultaneously, right? So the, the contrast could just, is in many ways, is, it's been going gradually, but it, it feels a lot more severe than it did like in the 1970s. I think you're right there, Andrew, though. I think in a world like without college football or in a world where somehow we have removed college football from college, which I don't know how that happens. But, like, I do think this is a very different conversation. And I think something like the three-year role, like, it is less in basketball. Basketball still exists. College basketball would, I assume, continue to exist if there weren't a one-year role. Um, you know, I think those are the kind of changes that It did that, exist that for a while where there was no could one, happen. one year role, right? So. Yeah, and, and would be sort of interesting to see how it unfolds. Because um, I think, I don't know, I mean, there's also for the players the sort of, like, idea of playing in college. It's also a thing in and of itself. Um, and I don't think that, like, just getting rid of those restrictions would, would change all that much. Yeah, or just, like, for instance, what if you paid, what if you paid football players? Or basketball players. Right. Which I'm in favor of. Yeah. But like, would that, but would that change that? Would you be, would you then say, no, just as a hypothetical, would you then say, oh, I'm more comfortable with college sports? So, like, I don't think universities should have football teams, period, basically. I think medically now it's like, it's boxing, basically. You know, I mean, and I enjoy watching boxing, but I also feel pretty queasy about that, right? You know, um, uh, although I feel like it's a little more obvious what's happening and the people are a little older and all the rest of it. Um, it's not sort of, you know, kind of part of this whole, the whole college thing, but, you know, and how it's going to end, I mean, you know, I think like maybe an insurance thing, maybe maybe a financial thing, maybe money, maybe it just becomes so much of a liability issue and that gives some colleges reasons to start walking away from it. Um, how you, how you, like the idea of there not being a University of Alabama football team or, or an Ohio State football team, as someone who went to Ohio State for grad school, it does really seem inconceivable. I was, yeah, it also yeah. makes me really sad. Like, it shouldn't, yeah. but, like, thinking about this world, this college footballless right. world is, in fact, like, it's, a, it's I'm sure, a better world, but personally, it is it is kind of a sad idea So, is me. it because you couldn't just root for a pro team? You a know, little like, bit, yeah. yeah. I mean, it's partly, and this is, like, partly my experience and where I'm from and the fact that I grew up with parents who went to the University of Nebraska, like, college football was 
always a part of my life from when I was five. My dad explained to me every Saturday from five to 18 that you have three tries, four tries to make a first down. And if you get through the first three and you haven't done it, then you have to kick. Um, And like over and over and over again to like my extremely unwitting ear until I like actually got it. Um, And it was fun when I went to college and I was like, oh, I do get this. Um, No, I I agree with that. Look, so I have, I have a point of comparison and it's, I, so I went to uh, undergrad at the State University of New York, which has no football team. And at the time, had a Division three basketball t- team that would get fifty people to go to its game. So it was a it was a essentially sports less undergraduate experience. And then I went to grad school at Ohio State, which is essentially as far from that as is possible to get in the universe. Um, I didn't miss it. I don't miss it in retrospect, right? It, there's nothing about my you know college experience where I'm like, oh, it would have been so much better. We just sort of did other things on weekends. Um, you know, I went to the Ohio State football games, which were great. I mean, so much fun. Um, totally glad I went. I have a sort of like residual rooting interest in Ohio State, which is kind of nice. But I, like the thing that sticks in my mind is, so I used to live in Indiana before I came to Washington and I worked for the state legislature and um, Indiana has like no anti-corruption laws at all. And so so you can, you know, lobbyists can give uh, legislators and staffs anything. You could buy them a house if you want to. This explains a lot of Parks and Rec, to so be honest. It, 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 absolutely, <laughs> yeah. So, um, so every year we would get free tickets. To, uh, all the legislators would get free tickets to the uh, the Indy 500 and the Brickyard 400. And my boss, who was the senator from Purdue, was like didn't like this stuff and had got, you know had gone. So anyway, I got his Brickyard 400 tickets one year, and I got to sit um, like in the pits, five rows behind the cars. These were like the best seats in the entire Indianapolis Motor Speedway. Um, it was. So much fun. It was really great, even though I have no interest in NASCAR at all. And watching a NASCAR race live is a completely inexplicable and like objectively boring experience. You can't even see them racing. Yeah. They're driving 200 miles an hour for like a half a second in front of you. You don't know who's in first. You don't see any of the action at all. But if you're anywhere with like a half a million, and they fit a half a million people in that speedway, like psyched up, enthusiastic people on a weekend afternoon, it's fun. But okay. I know. This is, like, this is a so, shitty argument. Yeah, I'm, not, think, I'm not going to deny that. So it's I'm not a good, good, it's not I'm a good argument. So I'm a good, compa- I'm a good sort of neutral comparison because – I'm from New Jersey, and I went to a small sports college um, with a football team that I think when I was there, it was the losingest four years of any um, Dartmouth uh, class in history, um, which was which to their to their embarrassment. Um, so nobody really went to watch much football. Um, uh, so I didn't have a I didn't I don't actually have a college team. Like I don't root for one college team. I don't have you know because like Rutgers is not very good in most sports, um, and they'd be the closest thing to a state. To They're in the Big Ten now, so yeah. better. Don't get me started. Um, but uh, so, but no, I still please get started. This is both the time and the place. <laughs> this is exactly the time and the place. Um, I will hold my thought though. But so that's a long-winded way of saying I think that it's it's not just a part of the experience of going to college. It's like actually a part of national the sort of national culture. I think. Yeah, I was, and yeah. and I think that that's like. And there are downsides to that, which are the over-commercialization, the sort of insane um, uh, money that courses through the NCAA that nobody who actually puts their lives and livelihood on the line actually benefit from. Um, but at the same time, there, I think that there's like – these are like intangible things that, that – I think it's some of what Libby's getting to, like the fact that the fact that kids everywhere have their parents talking to them about, well, we're rooting for the guys in red and white, not you know rooting against the guys in you know whoever. Like back in the day, it would have been gold and black, right? When it was, when CU was the big rival, but not anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, I, and that's something that I think is um, all the all the sort of 
specific grievances aside, like that abstraction, I think is pretty important. Um, and I don't know how important it is. I don't know what the benefit of it is. Uh, I mean, to yank this in a policy direction, I think this is one of the reasons why it's hard to do meaningful higher ed reform. Um, because there are these, of all the like emotional intangible ties that people have, not only with their colleges, but with the idea of college in general. Mm-hmm. Um, I think sports is really, really high up there. And so I guess that's maybe another benefit of a, a world where that, that tie is lessened. Um, but, you know, I my, my experience is really not based on going to games in college. I'm a much more devoted football fan now than I was when I was in college um, for various reasons. And then there are places like, like Nebraska. It's insane. Nebraska has no professional sports in the state as far as I know. And now there's probably some Omaha team that someone's right. going to yell at me about. But, like, no no major professional sports. Like right. you're, not a true, is, you're not a true Nebraskan. You don't is, know about the arena football team. It, or, like, yeah. my, my mom is right. the only person yeah. on her side of the family who went to the University of Nebraska. And they are all, like, rabid fans sure. who can yeah. name every player on the team. I mean, it is it is insane. Insane. Like maybe the I don't know. Maybe the answer is like state-sponsored football teams. So that's not any better, you know. Yeah, I mean, when we start to say it is insane, maybe we should take those words seriously. And it is. It is bit, literally you know, insane. Of, it is. <laughs> but is it insane? And like, but it's insane in a way that brings people together, right? It's like it, it's, there, it there are sources of social positive, capital. Yes. Yeah, no, I think that's right. There are sources of social capital that are like that are diminishing, right? That are quickly mm-hmm. like like di- disappearing, right? And that's one of them that still exists, and in some ways has expanded, right? Because because it's a bigger, it's a uh, people are more interested in it now than they were decades ago, uh, by most indications. Um, but and then the question for me is, well, well, how do you like reconcile that with again this sort of inequity, uh, inequity of sort of not Oof. paying people, right? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, um, uh, and that is uh, so. I, you know, I'd actually as a free market guy, like I'd be fine with with athletes getting a cut of the revenue they generate. And you sort of, and then you can go to school, and if, as you're being recruited, you could choose the school that has the best package for you, right? And maybe, and maybe part of the benefits package is a really good pension plan, a really good insurance plan, so on, right? I, I yeah. feel like if there was a total free market, and so like one, if you just, if it was, it was literally just pay them whatever you can, and two, they never had to go to class, no one would even notice, and no one would even care because they don't. That's even, so I mean, sad, but it's so true. I mean, because like, I mean, does anybody pay attention to whether the University of Kentucky basketball players go to class now in their, these five months that they spend there until the end of the basketball season? I mean, I'm assuming not, right? You know, I mean, is it? Does anybody care the fact that they show up saying, "I'm here for a year and I'm leaving," and that's completely known now? Right, so there's like, the illusion is gone, and yet people still root for the team. They love University of Kentucky basketball. I do think there's like a line on the illusion, right? Because like they're well, we seem is, to be exploring where it is. Yeah, and this is where North Carolina, I think, comes yeah. in. It's like people, football players and basketball players, are not the only people who go to college with like other goals than going to class or higher goals than going to class. Certainly, and so I think right. there is. It's like. One of the things one of the things I've thought about is like really why the North Carolina scandal has not been a bigger deal, frankly. Like it feels like it makes headlines like once a year or so and like something something terrible comes out. But I think this combination of it being like really slow moving and really mostly confirming biases that people already had um, has just made it sort of it has sort of fallen off the radar. See, I, I but I feel like the North Carolina scandal is more like the like the Bill Cosby rape scandal, like in the sense that it so cuts. Like I understand it's kind of an athletic thing, but but because it was actually the university and not the athletic department that was at the heart of it, mm-hmm. right? Where they base you know where you had an entire department running a credit fraud operation for like twenty years uh, with either the and either the university didn't know, which is awful, or did know, which is awful, and those are the only two choices. Like it so goes against everyone's sense of what the University of North Carolina. Carolina 
was that they just kind of can't deal with it. And so they just stop trying to think about it. Well, and it's also why there's no consequences for it, right? It's like you, the right. NCAA can't punish a scandal that didn't originate. Well, they're getting into this now, the right? They're sort of, they're, they're trying, yeah. We saw this a few yeah, weeks yeah, ago. They were talking about, about they're like, oh, we're going to try to, you know, they were like, well, like we, and I understand this. So like, we don't really want to be in the business of saying whether a college's classes are fraudulent or not. Mm-hmm. Which, which I understand, but they're kind of being forced to because of the problem of fraudulent classes. Yeah, well, nobody wants to be in. Apparently, <laughs> no, nobody no, wants no, to no, be in. But, but I do really right? think there's like this. To, I do think there's an element of like to. everybody knows this. Like, what is the difference? And I think that, you know, I think there's a difference. There's like a huge difference between a super easy class and a class where you literally do nothing. Like, that's still a pretty wide gap. Right. But well, I do think like talking to people who aren't higher ed policy people are like super, super, super into college sports and working in an office with SB Nation. That describes many people around me, actually. Um, well, yeah, it's SB sort of this SB like, Nation is in your... Yeah. Scene. Not all of them. I didn't know that. Uh, yeah. Huh. Um, but yeah, it's it's fun. Um, there is this sort of like, well, yeah, like college, 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 you know, football players get A's or basketball players get A's for doing nothing. Like everybody knows that. And I'm like, oh no, like this is, this is a whole other thing. But, but it's really like, hard to get that across. On the list of things that just kind of like subtly degrade our national culture. And now I know who I'm talking sound like, but you know, I mean, like we all just agree that there's this corruption that, inter- that sort of abets our entertainment. And so we're okay with it. Why, why do we feel that way? Well, I mean, there are lots of kids who get grades they don't deserve in college. Right. So if like, if we want to start to like police that more aggressively than, then we should. I think. I think. Get rid of business schools. Right. I think the athletics. Uh, are, that's our next special episode. Yeah. <laughs> business business schools are. Bullshit. I think we're just building our like higher ed utopia <laughs> yes. in the future. Is actually um, what we're doing here. Right. I mean, I think that's like athletics department. Athletics. They, the stakes are somewhat higher, but they're but it's a similar calculus, right? Which is like, well, I don't want to cause trouble for people, so right. Either that's the coach or the athlete themselves or the student. Right or the parent that paid the tuition money. So why not just you know? I mean, otherwise we wouldn't see like you know people graduating with four year degrees who are sort of like you know not quite functionally illiterate, but like right not or, not or, or functionally illiterate, right? In some but cases. but not but not really sort of knocking knocking the cover off the ball, uh, right? In terms of uh, literacy and numeracy. Um, so I don't know. I just feel like that's a that's a deeper question. The athletics thing just sort of lays it bare, right? And you've said that you've, I think you've written as much, right, about the North Carolina thing. Um, to me, that's a bigger question of like, what's the, right? The, if the whole enterprise, if the whole enterprise is only built on sort of professional norms around rigor, right? And, and I mean, like nobody ever told me as a graduate student what standard I had to grade people toward, right? Right. Like, like I could have graded them on any standard I wanted, right? And so, and and I, my sense is that most people do adhere to a standard of rigor, but a lot of people don't. And so, you know, if if and in some and in and in some cases, athletes will seek out those people that don't, right? And the, and the departments will know, and the athletic director will know, and as well as well other students, yeah, right. And so, you know, I mean, there's a reason rate right, my professor has like a whatever the rating is, the difficulty, or like, I forget exactly right. how they call it, right? What they call it. But, um, you know, that's... Those two things definitely help one another, right? Like, that's an enabling condition to make all this work. Sort of the the the, the fact that it's a trust and norms-based system and not a regulated system yeah. makes it easier to exploit. Yeah. But I think it's also what makes it, you know, again, it's, it's sort of like Libby was saying, it's also what makes it shine when it does shine, right? Like, if you, if you try to standardize, you know... 
the course, uh, my course on the Russian Revolution I took in college was one of my favorites, right? Like, it would be a disaster, right? Like, everybody would have to learn the same stuff, and the professor couldn't innovate, and they couldn't, you know, I mean, it's just sort of, th- that's the I, flip I think there's side a, a lot of space between standardization as the sort of boogeyman and nothing, mm-hmm. right? You know, but, but uh, not to say that there, is, there aren't choices to be made along the way. Yeah, I guess the underlying sort of, like, question here is how much the problems with college sports are – which of the problems are, like, unique to sports, which are unique to sports as a whole, which are unique mm-hmm. to, like, revenue sports, and then which are sort of, like, the problems that are endemic in higher education, including – you know, I mean, even, like, the safety thing. Like, even, you know, when we talk about binge drinking and sexual assault and things like that, like, what are the, the risks that you just sort of assume when you have this, like, American ideal of the college experience? Right. Like, it seems to involve a lot of dying and injuries right. when you really think about it. Like, you know, how, how much – I guess how much of this – how much of these are sort of broader higher education cultural norms and issues that we've just sort of, like, all decided to accept? And how much of these are things that, like, if the college did not have a football team or if a basketball team or, like, a women's lacrosse team – like this problem would go away. I mean, there's I, I there's plenty of colleges without football teams or good football teams <laughs> that also have binge drinking and sexual yeah, assault and yeah, yeah, dodgy yeah. academic standards and all the rest of it. So so certainly I don't think it's a causal thing. Um, but at the same time, I think it can be sort of evaluated on its own terms. Yeah. And, and, I mean, one actually one thing I think is it's interesting how I, I find as someone who doesn't who doesn't really care about college sports and mostly for professional reasons has sort of had a developed as somewhat of an abolitionist kind of stance on it. Like I find a number of like people who, with whom I otherwise agree who have like violent disagreements on this issue to be interesting. I mean, like I have an uncle who's a great guy uh, uh, in all respects, but he's a Penn State graduate. And he is convinced that like Joe Paterno oh, they're the worst. Railroaded. I'm sorry, they're the worst. He was, they, they're just the worst. He was just, I mean, you can't even talk to him about it, right? He's just like, ah, Paterno and this and that. And, you know, which is uh, perhaps not coincidentally, we saw like the Trump position now. Do you guys notice Trump made a yeah. little paternal reference? You know, yeah. oh, Paterno got railroaded, right? Yeah. And yeah. Trump, yeah. Is, he's a good sort of, he's our national, you know, barometer for wrongness right now, right? Yeah. So, um, and that, you know, the thing too is that that, I mean, the whole Penn State thing, you know, makes me, like when I think about what might change, I think about college presidents, right? So if, because if you're the president of a college and you say to yourself, like, what are the circumstances under which my life could be ruined? Uh, the football team's probably part of that story, yeah, right? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, Graham Spanier is like still under indictment right now. I think he got some of the charges dropped, but mm-hmm. I mean, he's suing the college. And I mean, his life was completely ruined yeah. by the Sandusky Paterno scandal and his complicity in it. But no football team, dude is the celebrated president of Penn State right now. No question. Yeah. He was great. He was like super successful until that whole thing happened. Um you know, what's, uh, you know, E. Gordon Gee got his second tenure through Ohio State basically ended because he was too, said some weird stuff about the football coach. Uh, and I mean, the list goes on. The, the North Carolina guy lost his job because of the North Carolina thing. Yeah, I mean, but, I would love to get like a truly, and even like inside higher ed's presidents or are great, but like a truly, truly anonymous poll of college presidents of how many of them are like, I really wish that we just didn't have a football team. Not like that I had to abolish the football team, which would obviously be a, right. a terrible position for a college president to, to be put in. But like if I woke I up one morning and we never them. had a football team, like and nobody had a football team, like my life would be better. I mean, I, no my, my guess is it's, it's though, at least right? a third. Like, there's no there's a few, right? Like, yeah, you think the president of the University really. of Chicago is like, oh, I wish we had a football team. No, because you know nobody goes to the University of Chicago for that particular experience, right? I mean, if you like, you said, imagine, imagine Alabama. Imagine Alabama being being able to recruit thousands of northeastern kids. Mm-hmm. 
mm-hmm. from the Northeast United States with scholarships, right, to go to Alabama to go to college, which is how they're basically making their revenue model yeah. work, yeah. right? They're no, kind of no, no, never would have happened. They're kind of an extreme example yeah. now, right? Yeah, you know, but, but, but never would have happened. They're the future also. Yeah. So. So, I mean, everyone in the South has noticed that. Oregon. Quickly. Oregon and California students, right? I mean, it's the same University of Oregon, right? Like, there's no way without the flashy uniforms and the whole, you know, the whole Nike setup that, right. that they get that they get these these kids. The, but the the Penn State, right, the Penn State and the Ohio State thing, though, is really is a really good, I think, segue to one of the things, one of the things I want to raise is, like, what if you got rid of the NCAA but not college sports? Mm-hmm. Because right, the NCAA seems to be like a big source of a lot of the problems, a big oh, source of a lot really of the objections. Run football, right? I mean, well, they do, and the, they do. They do, they run all of the little things of that lead okay. to like yeah. that lead to some of this this BS. They right? run a lot of the things that, if those things were not there, I would morally feel a little bit more comfortable yeah. with my like. I personally enjoy college sports and would like them to not go away position. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, the paternal, but, but think about the Ohio state thing, right? Where these guys, the guys can't actually get a job that pays them enough money to get the tattoos they want, right? Under NCAA regulations. So they have to sell stuff to get the tattoos. Right. And then that's this what is literally the dumbest scandal. Right. The and then like, scandals. that's like, what leads. I mean, I don't know. I don't know whether Jim Trust is a good guy or not. Right. He probably, you know, Maybe he is. Maybe he, he, he was a Division One football coach. So yeah, probably maybe not. not you know. Odds are against it. Although, but, but uh, on the other side, he did wear a sweater vest, so probably, <laughs> right? Yeah. You know, I mean, and he and he made them sing the Ohio State anthem after every game at one end of the football field, right. which was new. As I as I I'm I think is it's right? new. I yeah, know. I don't think they did it before he he came there. Um, but like, but contrast that with like the Penn State, which is like this 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 elaborate kind of institutional conspiracy. Right. And that takes like forever to kind of get exposed and come to the right. Meanwhile, NCA doesn't bat an eye about punishing student punishing student athletes, right? Their sort of pride and joy for every little right. niggling detail, right? That they violate. You had a slice of pizza, you transferred the wrong way. Mm-hmm. And you know, it's getting worse too, right? I mean, we know that now I mean people are pulling scholarships, mm-hmm. right? So oh, you're not any good anymore. Your scholarship is gone. Yeah. I don't want you to transfer to my rival, so I'm just gonna like clamp it down. Super tangential, kind of- but like pot smoking in a state where it is legal, I think is a is an interesting issue that's gonna get mm. bigger in college sports. Um yeah. in the same way that like Wait, you why would- why though? Like um because it's like, I mean, it's like if you're 21 and you're on the football yeah. team and you drink, like they're not testing you and, and suspending you. Um, but but I'm you can drunk, be suspended? For the, yeah, for, really? for the moment, yeah. Because those are NCAA la- la- Yeah, last season I think it was uh-huh. like two states where it was an right. issue, but I don't know. This is just like That'll interesting if you're interested in the intersection right of those policy issues. I just want a side note. On. Someone on Twitter did request a higher ed happy hour. Oh, God. <laughs> so um, when we're all out at the Aspen Institute, we'll make that happen. Yeah, or or out in Portland or something, or something. Yeah, it'll um, be interesting because I'm I'm. It, it'll be I won't be myself. I'll tell you that much. So <laughs> it should just be if we if we go that route, we should just watch a really funny movie about college. So we could watch we like could watch that would be amazing. Movie, <laughs> just do a running. Yeah, yeah I, I want to talk about that. It's I point. haven't seen it though. So oh, okay. Is it well, spoilable, I can have, though? Is no, there's really? literally no plot. Okay, I want to see. So I'm, can I tell you about this yeah, movie because we've already sort of speaking of losing the plot, I think we've lost the plot a little bit. Um. I, my, my pop culture contribution is there is a new Richard Linklater movie, which we talked about boyhood extensively, oh I think God. twice on this podcast, yeah, still maybe three with times. Boyhood. I saw it with the same people I saw boyhood with, um, which is basically how they got, is this got your me to go Richard see Linklater it. film club? It kind of yeah. is. It's yeah. like my friends who actually go to movies. Where is and it I am playing the friend who doesn't go to movies. It's at East Street. It's okay. called Everybody Wants yeah, Some yeah, with yeah, two yeah. exclamation points. Right. Yep. 
Um, it is surpassing the Jeb Bush campaign in exclamation nice. point usage. Right. It took Jeb's now, un, now, now unused and exclamation font, Yeah, point. they were like, oh, well, anyway. Um, it is about the, like, first three days of the school year for a college baseball team who live in a couple houses at a nameless regional university. It has a name but they didn't, uh, in Texas. There's literally no plot. It is a lot of, like, 19-year-old guys getting drunk and trying to get laid for two hours. As someone whose, like, genre of, mil- of film that is not, it was delightful. Nice. It, is just, it is a lovely way to spend two hours of your life. Uh, it has nothing to say about higher education. I recommend it. You can't, are you, are you telling me that there's not even a, like, semi-specious, like, post on Vox to be what everybody wants to some us? Uh, some? I'm not sure if anybody else it, the office has even seen it yet, to be honest. And I, there, I kept being there, kept being moments where I was like, eh, like as a feminist, should I be uncomfortable with this? And I was like, eh. And I saw it with a friend who, like, if there is a thing to be feministly uncomfortable about, would. And she was like, no, right. I loved it. It it's was good great. To have a, a it was partner, great. Um, someone it, who can be your backstop there. It's well, and it's interesting to see like a night. It's it feels like a 1970s, late 70s Animal House era sort of mm-hmm. college fun movie, but like made through sort of the lens of like, right. but there's also nothing in here that's like problematic Without the terrible in misogy- 2016. Like it, it is, yeah. Like, so right. it, it is this, it is not like, I don't know, like good, clean fun seems like the wrong, like description for it. I, I don't know. See it. It's two hours of like totally plotless delight. I would see it a second time happily. See a movie in a theater is a major logistic undertaking yeah. for the, the parents. Recommended but. highly. It's showing in like 20 theaters, I think nationwide, which okay. is why like, but there's 20, not a lot so, okay. right. out about it. Yeah, I heard good things about it. It's great. Um, I'm not checking out. No, no deep messages about higher ed like what really? had had. As no, far no, as I can, well, I don't know. Maybe Kevin, like Kevin, Kevin maybe up. you will find one, and you right. look at the next chapter none for a book. None of the none of the uh, characters were um, committing any NCAA violations in the movie, or were they? Oh, that's a great question. I'm not see? familiar enough go. with. Already. I need to go see it again. Obviously, I bet the, they were. I well, bet you there can was find a whole thing with a voluntary practice that was, you know, mandatory. There you go. Boom, done. It's related to the podcast. Automatic. You should be able to get an explainer out of that. Or um, some kind, you know what? what I mean, because you're, you're what Boyhood says about college is a it's a monument. Still one of my favorites. Thank you. I was I, yeah. one of mine it's too. Actually, really good. that's one of my yeah. one of my favorite pieces. Um, yeah, I mean to sort of relate it back too. It's also like it is a movie about college that like mm-hmm. they go to class in the last two minutes, partly because the school year hasn't started yet. But that right. is like totally like it is a way. It, if I were to say like what it shows about higher ed in America. It is that you can, like, further evidence that you can make a college movie that shows nothing that would be recognizable as college to people who, like, only knew the dictionary definition of the word right. college. Mm-hmm. Which is what all college movies are, essentially. Which is all, yeah. yeah. Like, and it, it is, I don't know, I mean, that's sort of the, the issue here, right? Mm-hmm. It's, like, what people who care about education think of as college is, like, so different than what the rest of the world thinks of as college. Or the rest of America thinks of as college. I feel like there's a third, if I put my mind to it, because I've written two college movie, like long self-indulgent posts, one about Animal House and then one about Harvard movies. Mm-hmm. But there's probably a third one that like starts with back to school, right? Mm-hmm. You know, which is which is really kind of neither in neither of those genres, but just sort of gets like the representation of higher education in in popular culture and kind of what, what it says, what it doesn't say. I had a I had a back to school type student when I was a graduate student. Oh really? He was a sixty four year old retired San Francisco cop who came back and took my not a businessman. He was a no, not officer. a businessman. He was a police officer or, or was retired. He, he was like a fully enrolled undergraduate. Yep, getting a bachelor's I degree. I bet the people at Berkeley were so pleased with themselves. <laughs> yeah, for letting him in. Yeah, yeah. Um, it was an interesting experience. He got some age diversity, some class diversity, yeah. some you know. Like, it was a very interesting experience. Diversity. It was during yeah. um, it was during the 08 election cycle. So we were. 
um, I had the students, everybody got assigned a district, a random, they got randomly assigned a congressional district, uh, competitive district profile. Um, and so we kicked off every session with that. And so Fred um, was actually um, a staunch Republican, as it turns out, which for the undergrads, the rest of the undergrads at Berkeley was like a total shocker. That probably like, was an actual like <laughs> diversity learning experience. Yeah, right? honestly. They could not believe it. They could not believe it. It was amazing. Yeah. He was like a law and order guy. He was like, sure. he, he was, he was, he was great. He was terrific. But yeah, it's, uh, he like, he was really living the college life. He like, you know, showed up in like his, Pajamas. It like. yeah. So was it like a was it like an old school situation? You know where he was he was trying to. No, he wasn't like he certainly wasn't trying to like fit in. But I think he was just like I'm retired. Who you know who cares? Like this this college thing's pretty easy compared to like walking walking a beat in San Francisco every day. Um, so, um, but yeah, he was. We had to do. Yeah, it was. We had a few. We had a few issues with like trying to explain how what actually a research paper is. Um, cause it's, you know, you're a 60 year old cop. You don't c- quite understand. Right. Cause you went to, you went to grade school a long time ago. Right. So, um, but yeah, interesting experience. So what else do we have to say about college? Books? Yeah, we have, we have a lot. We've, it... we've wondered, but so, I mean, what's going to happen? What's going to happen? Uh, predictions. Okay, so, so, um, I think football will go at some point. Cause I just think, I think, the, I think, so for two reasons, I think the money is so enormous and money corrupts. Define, define some point. <sighs> yeah. Uh, I don't know. In my, like in our <laughs> lifetime, right? You know, which, like is which, these lawsuits? You know, I'm not getting any younger. So that becomes like more, a more specific prediction all the time. It um, could be the lawsuits, right? I mean, yeah, I think it's a combination of the medical stuff and the, like, so I think it's so like, thanks 50 years. I think you have, you have 50 years left. To yeah, live, right? um, yeah, I think that's right. <laughs> okay. I think I do. Yes. Yeah. I'm going to agree to that premise. Right. Um, so yeah, I think, I think the medical stuff, which just feels just like a massive time bomb and, and like every new thing is, is worse than before. I mean, there was the guy who was like from the New York giants who like you know, died in a car accident or killed himself, drug overdose. Right, he was 28 years old. Hmm. I mean, he played. I think he played, was it Nebraska or Oklahoma or one of those places out in the Midwest. Tomato, tomato. Um, uh, he was 28 years old, right? And he had gone, but he gone straight through. I mean, he been he played pee wee football, high school football, college football. He was, uh, I think, a defensive end or a cornerback for the Giants. So I mean, like a really um, died of a drug overdose. He's 28, and he had you know the CTE in his brain. How many more people are there out there? I mean, they can only find it. So so I think there's that. I think. You know, because live sports is the only way to make money on advertising, that the colleges will be unable to resist the money. The bigger the money gets, the bigger the corruption gets, and the more corruption, the more risk of kind of earth-shattering scandal that causes alumni or presidents or legislators or someone to say, enough is enough. I think those two things together mean that football is where things crack Mm. in the future. But it'll take a while, I think. You know. I yeah, mean, I'm not. I'm not going to be that bold just because. So, 50 years ago was 1966. Higher ed was like barely recognizable as what it is today. But the one thing that absolutely would be, I think, would be a college football game. Um, and that to me suggests. But 50 years before that was 1916. Yeah, didn't look like it at all. That's true. So who knows? Anything yeah. could happen. Um, I definitely think there are reforms that I would describe as modest, and the NCAA would describe as like life ending that we're going to see in the next. 10 years. Right. I think the restrictions on enrollment, 
um, some kind of revenue sharing, I think, has to happen, whether it happens through court cases or, or some other way. I don't think unionization, although I, I should say, because I've talked enough about Northwestern, that like mm-hmm. I'm very proud as a Northwestern graduate. I don't care at all if football players from the SEIU or not. Like That seems really weird. But um, the idea, like the fact that that movement started at my alma mater is actually something I'm really proud of. Um, whether or not unionization itself is the answer, like some kind of way of fulfilling the demands that that they were making um, and the, the union, that a college football union movement would have made, I think, has to happen. I just, I don't know. I can't get to the point of, like, a world where big state university football teams don't exist. It just think, seems think so – like, inco- uh, like, like, what state legislature is going to let that happen, I guess? Well, is- yeah. I mean, I mean, think about Olympic sports, though, right? So, yeah. I mean, when I grew up in the 70s and 80s, there was this strict amateurism ideal in Olympic That's sports. True. And you, if you took a dollar from anyone, you were thrown out, mm-hmm. and it was, like, protected. They said it was really important. And then they completely got rid of it. Mm-hmm. It's completely professionalized, and nothing changed. Nothing. Changed. I mean, it was all the same sports, all the same Olympics, all the same athletes. They just get paid now. But it's so, still I mean, Maybe what you have is teams who, like, literally have exists, a historic right? affiliation what? with... Like the Olympics still exists. Yeah. That's my point. Like, yeah. no, like, like they said. But so, so the what you're amateur saying, ideal was crucial. They completely abandoned it, and in fact, everything that they yeah. said was wrong because it's fine. So I guess the analog or if it's not is fine. Like, it's not fine for those reasons. Where like the Ohio State football team is a team that has a historic affiliation with Ohio State, right. but is like in other and in yeah, every other sense like, like essentially pro, an independent, right? It's like semi-pro. Yeah. Canada has this that like, I can imagine. Canada has this easily. for hockey. Like a lot of the guys who went who would come to Dartmouth to play hockey at Dartmouth were 25, 26 because they played semi-professionally in Canada, right? Really? That's like where you go to like learn how to play oh, hockey. Oh, because that was your one good sports team. Yeah, we were, we in, were very good. Um, in, yeah. like, other places very good hockey this. team, yeah. yeah. Like baseball um, does this totally differently. Yeah, baseball, just, does it, baseball does the same model. colleges that have yeah. one sport are, it's always an interesting little contrast. Like I was up a few months ago talking to the uh, uh, Johns Hopkins Board of Trustees about my book. Like I did a little like, oh, t- computers are going to take your job. Let's discuss kind of thing. Um, and... Uh, uh, and so I was talking, and people said, well, what do you think it means for us at Hopkins? And I, and I said, well, you know, like, I think you're in a really good spot. You're a research university. You know, research is its own thing. You're selective. You have a reputation. You're in the AU. Like, so you you don't actually have to panic all that much. I'm like, you haven't done anything sort of stupid, like join the Big Ten, which was meant as a shot at the University of Maryland, mm-hmm. right? Which was a perfectly good state university that decided to chase the money. And, and he, like, it said, oh, here, here's here's a good idea. What we should do is join the Big Ten so we can get a whole bunch of money that we will then have to spend every dollar of it to compete with the other teams in the Big Ten, which are still going to kick our ass. Yeah. <laughs> so we're not going to have any more money than we had when we started, and we're going to go three and eight every year, right, for the next for, forever, essentially, right? Believe me, the Big Ten is not super happy. So, so like the, the but, but but the Rutgers funny thing was, was okay. No, wait, we were coming no, back. But, to but this. let me finish okay. my let okay. me finish my story. But so, so I said that, and everyone in the room goes, like I had said something really impolite because it yeah. turns out they did join the Big Ten just for Ben's lacrosse. <laughs> Oh, yeah. Which I had no idea. Yeah, because they're lacrosse. Could, right, right, right. They're, yeah. they're, they're one sport yeah. is men's lacrosse. Uh, yeah. And the president was like, I'm like, did I say something wrong? You know, the president's <laughs> like, yeah, we just joined the big See, team. hockey's always weird because yeah. hockey's never hockey's the like schools that, right? that you, it's never the schools sure, you Sure, it's think. all these, like, you know, like places North like Dakota Clarkson, State and you know, uh, the like, Meiji uh, right, up in yeah. Minnesota. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I have, oh, wait, have we talked about Meiji? Union Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. It's connected. Yeah, I used to, that's where I grew up. in New York. Anyway, Libby, sorry. Yes, um... Yeah, Rutgers. Okay, my spiel on Rutgers is I think Rutgers exemplifies, like, so many of the things that are wrong with college sports and, like, every particular. It just seems like they are a lightning rod for 
weird, bad attention getting yeah, scandals. Right. The, the coaches like, everything is yeah, like they like there are things like there's so much there's so many problems already. Why are you constantly hiring like jerks to coach your team who then get in trouble? Um and I am very upset that like they are now the Big Ten's problem. I ought, no amount of TV revenue is honestly like truly is worth the trade off of like they are our problem now. They were the they played the first ever is, college football game against Princeton. I realize that it's absurd for a conference Princeton. that has Penn State in it, it come to on, be like, I'm mad the heritage. about, about candles, like, but like, you know. Like, why has Rutgers not been better, right? I mean, this is, this this is, is a great question, This know? is Actually. the big problem. So I would be content. It's a colonial college. I would read it's a 40,000 word story on why Rutgers weren't Like, what? It's a great, by the way, it's a great college, first of all. It's it's not a good sports college, but it is a great college. Um and uh, the sports thing is, I don't know what it is, but as a kid, you would you'd be like, wait, why are all these great players from St. Anthony's and uh, St. Patrick's and all these places going and Don Bosco going somewhere else to college to play ball, like Kentucky or North Carolina or Indiana? Why don't they stay here and go to Rutgers? They just never were able to get the people to stay in state. I don't know why. I guess it's like it's one of those chicken or egg things. They don't have the heritage. So there's they just don't, not. Yeah. There's not the same northeastern college sports culture, right? So like this is like you take someone like like John Chait, right? Who's like right about most things and spectacularly wrong about college sports um, because he's from Michigan, right? And so part of his like John Chait is is like the Ross Douthat of college sports, like the guy, the smart, like very persuasive writer who chooses to uh, uh, use his persuasive squ- skills to uh, defend, like, fundamentally indefensible positions on a variety of things, right? So Ross does this on lots of stuff. I disagree with the characterization of Ross Dalvitt, but maybe not John Chase. But, but, uh, but so, here's, 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 I think we disagree on the things John Chase is wrong about, right. I actually. But, um, but, but, you know, like, every now and then he'll take a break from being a political pundit to write some, like, lengthy things, sort of essentially defending college football, you know, which is indefensible. Um, so these are, like, the best wrong defenses that you can find out there. But part of his argument is this is a cultural bias that the media is, you know, biased toward the Northeast because that's where all the media centers are. Mm -hmm. And the Northeast is biased against college sports because it's just not part of the culture, whereas he's from the Midwest and it's very different out there. And and, I mean, I think there's truth. Aside from the Midwest, I mean, I don't know. I think I at least have the grace to like recognize my reasoning as motivated reasoning and kind mm. of indefensible. Like I I do, I 100% see where he's coming from. They're both motivated reasoning though, right? I mean, they're like, they're both. They both are right. I mean, parents in the Northeast think they're sending their kids off to elite colleges to spend their days like deep in the stacks reading, mm-hmm. reading Proust, and you know, like right. they're not. I'm reading Proust yeah. by the way. They're right not now, the right, but um, not in not in the original French as Libby would be were she reading Proust. But I, that's why I'm not reading. Proust. Midwestern parents but think they're sending their great, kids off to way. do that and to go to football. Special games. Proust, yeah. I, I special Proust episode, and the, and one set of parents is right about one thing. Right. Yeah. So. I mean, this is why at some point I should do it. Like I've been in like essentially northeastern college college going culture for like eight years, and I still just like don't grasp the fundamentals of it because it is so different from where I grew up and what I grew up with. Sure. Um. So yeah, you're probably you're probably right in terms of the general public. I think. Yeah, I lost my thought there completely. Okay. Someone else should continue. <laughs> no, 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 I'm on like four and a half hours. All right. Of sleep, any guys. any final thoughts? Because I think we are running over time. Are we running over time? No, it's five o five. We're doing okay. We're, we are at time. But I feel like we're at time. Uh, um, I think I think you're going to see big changes because I think these lawsuits will eventually come to fruition, like the Ed yeah. O'Bannon lawsuit, right. which has been like somebody's going to get a friendly. I don't judge. think they've come to like a final judgment on that. Last time I checked, but um, yeah, there will be, and then it'll just be a question of dollars and cents, like how much can you afford, right? And and you're right, maybe the money gets bigger because you got to pay the athletes, and the networks want it just as badly, right? Mm-hmm. 
but at least at least you don't have these these situations where no where where you have people who are you know injuring themselves and getting paralyzed and so on right with, with no with literally no compensation um i think the other thing is like this what you brought up earlier the yanking of the scholarships like that's entirely bullshit to me like you should you should commit to somebody if if your premise is that you're giving them a free education giving them a free year of college is not a free education right yeah like giving them a free four-year degree now we're talking or something you know something mm. like that so colleges should have to commit to that in my opinion i almost feel like the fate of football is like untethered from the fate of college sports in general, because I think the fate mm-hmm. of football affects the NFL as well, um, and s- especially the concussion stuff and the health issues. Like that right. is a cultural issue surrounding the sport of football. I would bet a lot of money right now that March Madness will exist in fifty years. If anyone, but wants if they to. pay the football players, they're going to have to pay the basketball players. I don't disagree. I'm just saying that is a bet I would. That is a bet yeah. I would take for like. Well, also given inflation, it wouldn't really matter how much I had to pay up fifty years from now, but like. I would take that bet. I think I think college football is probably like in this odd position of being both like the most institutionally entrenched, but also on the shakiest ground because it does have these sort of like side medical ethical issues that mm-hmm. are very troubling to people who don't care at all about college sports one way or another. I think I mean March Madness is is much bigger in terms yeah. of its revenue generating capacity. Um, is my impression, and I think that's true. Um, Look, well, the like the tournament by itself is, but I don't know if the whole package of college football games in total. No, it's not. Yeah, no, the college football. Let me tell you, college football games dwarf. Um, I yeah. should have come with an actual actual number on this, but like this yeah. week, Northwestern announced however much money it's making from from. Big Ten Network, which is almost all football, it is an obscene amount of yeah, money. That's right, but as, but as a one shot deal, right? The the tournament is just this; it's a huge money maker. Um, so, yeah, like, question is like, can you? Could you just say no? No, we're not going to do that anymore. I no, just wanna, like yeah. it's a massive that, collective that, action and, problem, right? Like that's the bigger problem. Is like you could see individual sport, individual programs, maybe saying we just can't do this anymore, right? We can't afford it. Our mm-hmm. students are getting hurt. It would, but like it, it would be wrong. Maybe. But like going away, right? The, going away from the tournament is like if anybody plays, you have a tournament, right? And you just take the next guy. You just take yeah. the next team in. Yeah, well, right? and it's also like March. I mean, there are like perennial powerhouses, but like it isn't. It seems to me somewhat different in, in, in some ways, despite all of the like hoopla and massive amounts of money adhering more closely to sort of the idea of college sports, which is like I can't name many of the standout players on like mm-hmm. many of the teams mm-hmm. who made a difference. Like it was this sort of like flash right. in the pan moment as opposed yeah. to like selling the jerseys, selling the, you know, right. the, the, the in, in the O'Bannon case, like being represented in video games, like all of that mm-hmm. is sort of a separate thing than like oh hey you actually are at your small college nobody's heard of you had a good year you're gonna get to play on the national stage like that's great good for you um which is i I would bet on it i would bet a lot of money on its continued existence i think look i think so football aside i think basketball would be fine if uh the players were paid for if they got all you know all the money they deserve they're not getting any of it now um one if colleges didn't um sort of mess around with their admission standards to let them in lower them and uh i guess that's two and then three, if, and I realize per our previous discussion, this is a more endemic problem, um, they didn't water down their academic standards for them getting out, right? You know, so, and I mean, so the Ivy League partly does this because they actually have it. I mean, it's fascinating once you figure out, the, the, it's fasc- the Ivy League system is fascinating once you realize the implications of why it exists. They actually have a quota system for all of their big time sports where you're like only allowed to have two guys between an SAT of 1,000 yeah, and 1,100, an an right? Yeah. You know, so, I mean, like, what does that say about what they would do without it, 
right? Like, I mean, I mean, it basically just means if we didn't get together and agree not to just sell our our academic standards down the river for more basketball games, we know we would all do that, right? Which is, well, I mean, it's one of those also, like really interesting self indictments. Yeah, but part you know? of it's also the sport. So the other thing, the other thing is, I mean, Dartmouth Dartmouth has the most varsity sports of any yeah. college in the country, I think, or at least it did when I was there. Really? So you have to think about it as not well, just sports. Yeah. So like the index, right. The index thing is, is in part because, um, right. If you're dealing with a small college, like the Ivy league, like most of the Ivy league schools, like you start to, it starts to be a non-negligible portion proportion of your incoming class. And so, oh, sure. and so yeah. it lowers your U S news ranking. But it's just so interesting that, that, that they wouldn't to just say, reason, we're not right? going to do it then. Right. Yeah. You know, like, yeah. I mean, so like my, I don't know if I've mentioned this before, but my, uh, my, uh, girlfriend in high school went to Brown, um, because she was an all state volleyball player. Right. Like if you put her brain, uh, very bright young woman, nice person. But if you put her brain into someone who was five foot six instead of six foot one, not getting into Brown, right? So, I mean, Brown made a choice for like, we're going to have a little bit less smart and a little more women's volleyball. Why? Who very, cares? It's women's but volleyball. This is slippery. Slippery. But Most this of is, the people I know went to Ivy's in high school went on athletic scholarships. But like, this is like really slippery territory, right? Because, because this gets into all the reasons that colleges can choose to make up their class the way they want, which leads to all the affirmative action debates and discussions, right? So as soon as you start raining, oh, you can't do you can't let in six foot one volleyball players because we have an interest in having a good I'm volleyball not team. Can't. I'm just saying like like I'm not but trying you to I mean? like, hit them. I'm just sort of saying, like, why do they do it? It just is, it seems it just seems illogical and kind of they adjust their standards what, all mean, the time. Sure, but like, right? but why for that? But like, uh, absolutely, and I, and I think they should be able to. I'm not like I'm not in any way saying for lots of reasons. A, One of them, which is you have to field a volleyball team under Title IX if you're going to field this team on the men's side. Right? I mean, there's well, like there's okay. lots of reasons why you have to do a lot of this stuff, right? And it's not that's not all that's not the entire reason, but like you have to field one, right? Otherwise, you're going to be in violation. I think they would of, do it anyway. Like, yeah, I, don't, I mean, maybe I mean, you, you could field a bad. one. Maybe they would. Right? We don't know. No, but here's the thing: you could field one. They, a lot and just of them field do. Field one out of the smart people that come and lose all your games. This, so is, like, much. this is actually an nobody interesting question would come. for revenue sports, but nobody, nobody comes come. anyway. Like, I, I would no actually would come be to Brown? in this. Are you saying no one would come to Brown if their women's yeah. volleyball team was bad? No, no, no. But I mean, come on. No, 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 no. Nobody would come to come there to because they wanted to play volleyball, right? And so you yeah. just field them at random. Therefore, your volleyball team would be terrible. You just do a random draw. Yeah, you would just like you would just have a volleyball team, right? I mean, yeah, and I'm so sure the, schools. So I'm sure some This is an experiment I really want someone to run in the real world. Yeah. Like, I, I no, that's a great question. Like non-revenue generating sports. Like, why are they even there? Right. I agree. Yeah. I totally agree with that. But I think a lot of that is is a, a Title IX consequence, right? I mean, I that's my understanding. Like, sports are I don't know. Sports are good and fun, and people who play okay, them in the high school want to play them in college. Why, why would you? I assume there's this is the only for-profit talking point that has like ever convinced me of things, which is that the degree to which sports are marketing. Um, and that sports yeah. expenditures mm. count as marketing yeah. is actually okay. something that has like transformed how I think about college sports. Yeah. And oh, that that should count when we ding. Yeah, I mean, and, and I, 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 I buy okay. that. I really do. I sure. solidly buy that. Absolutely. And I so, and from an admissions perspective, looking at like all the D three colleges that have like started football teams, so that they can get men to come to their like fifteen hundred student mm. private college, like. I think a lot of revenue sports exist because there are a lot of kids who played sports in high school and really like the idea of being a quote unquote college athlete. And like that entire infrastructure springs up to support it. Absent Title IX, absent anything else. Like that's enough reason for it to exist. And if you if it's like very clear that it's a sham and you're drawing straws, like that whole scaffolding of it as a recruiting tool and an advertising tool collapses. And I think I mean I think it helps you it helps you do a number of things. My, my dad's class. My dad. My dad played football at Yale um, for two, two, his first two years, 
And his, Yale was one of the first schools to recruit west of the Mississippi. And his and he so he had guys from Texas and from South Texas in his class playing football. And they were like the first people from that part of the country that had ever set foot at Yale, right? Sure. And it was, and now it's one of their points of pride that we recruit from every corner of the United States, right? And so sports help you do that in some way, right? And I don't know whether you need it to do that, but it does help to identify kids, right? I mean, it helps you to find them, right? Like otherwise, you don't. How do you find them, right? I mean, this is part of the that whole the whole undermatch conversation, right? It's and it's not that every athlete's undermatch, likely to undermatch, but. It does. It is this like other marker that people can use to like find people. And although if you're gonna if you're gonna bring an undermatch kid in, maybe what you shouldn't do is say you now have a full time job to do in addition to your. Totally agree. And if you're gonna make him do a full time job, if you're gonna make him do a full time job, compensate him. All right, we did a terrible job of tapering. We actually got into seven or eight new fun issues in the last ten minutes, but we are running out of time. So thank you guys. Thank you to Amanda Gaines, our producer, who has solo produced this today. Thank you, Amanda. Thumbs well, up standing for Amanda. Up in the standing in the She's really standing doing the great. whole time. Um, although we did give her a beer, so 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 that she was had nice some nourishment. Yeah. Um, thank you to all of our listeners. Um, uh, and once again, this has been the Higher Ed Happy Hour. Uh, good afternoon. Goodbye. Goodbye. Thank you for listening to this New America podcast. This recording carries a Creative Commons 4.0 international license music thanks to silent partner for their song george to learn more about new america please visit us at newamerica.org